the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Monday, January the 22nd to you. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. We have about a week-ish left in January already of 2024. George Brockler with you here on the George Show 710 KNUS. I, uh, I look around the, uh, the house here. And what I notice is I got the tree down, but uh, hey, baby it's steps. just on the floor. Nice job. Nice job. It's just on the floor. It's not. Again, <laughs> I haven't. Steps. I've got okay. the box. It's open. It's just pieces of tree laying all over the floor. It's as far as I've gotten by January 22nd. So I'm still a month out of Christmas. Is that normal? Where are you, Billy, yeah. with the Christmas thing? Um, we, we, we unmade Christmas uh, a couple of days after New Year's, only because just... Wow. chaos things going on and we have a lot of stuff and there was a time in which we had all the all the children's together so that was important because um oddly enough you know when you have six people doing a task it goes quickly um wow. rather than two it, it's so you funny get them how that all to participate that is super oh helpful. yeah yeah normally it's through either threats or bribery um the, the pre-setting up is easy the, the tearing down that's normally a um you know you'd normally wait for those opportunities of the Hi, Dad. I need some gas for the. Wow, this is great. And you know what? I can get you gas for the car if you come over here and you. Yeah, one of those things. So that that's kind of the thing. I can so. cajole them, yeah. and it takes cajoling. Yes, it does. To get them to put the ornaments up, of course, Amanda and Trey weren't around for it because they were still doing yeah. that stupid college thing. But, yeah. Um, put taking it down, it was like there are boxes and things around, and yeah. I would just watch them step over it, like step over <laughs> pieces of the tree, like on their way to something else. I'm like, yeah. hey, hey, so help. I. I'm hopeful today yeah. has it. This particular tree has a little bit of that. God, I can't remember when yeah. I got it from Costco or wherever, Home Depot, wherever. Yeah, yeah. It's got a little bit of that white frost stuff on oh, it, yeah. but it comes yeah. off oh, every yeah, time you touch it. <laughs> yes, it does. So I was wearing this black Adidas uh, sweatshirt yesterday when I was undoing it, and it looked like I had the largest chunks of dandruff that came <laughs> cascading down oh, all around great. me everywhere. It was so... I'm going to have to figure out a no, way to wonderful. do this. Not during the show, of course. Although yeah. that might good, make for it a good radio slash yeah. video. That could be a lot of fun. That could be. Yeah, um, we've taken ours now. I guess the National, National Western Stock Show just wrapped up, so you're still not over the line. Is it I, over already? I think it is. I think it was this weekend. I think. God dang it. I think it was. Buddy, I, I could be wrong. It's two years in a row now. Two yeah. years in a row. And I talked about it when it first launched. Like, we're getting out there. Yeah. <sighs> It just there's too oh, much yeah. going on. There, there's only one of me. Yeah, same with us. Too much going on over the course of everything, and so we just we couldn't do it over the weekend. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's uh, it's a problem yeah. because when when Amanda's back, we're down a car, and That's of course an somehow issue. as the firstborn, she has dibs. So it, it ends up really impacting mobility <laughs> because then I yeah. become. Yeah, your uh, father Uber. An yeah. Uber. Yes. Yeah, an Uber <laughs> yeah. again. And 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 the thing about that is uh being the parent Uber, the 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 customers are really grouchy and the tips suck. That's the problem. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. really problem. Every once in a while I yeah. feel like I'm going to be attacked, so I like to drive <laughs> yes, armed. Yes, exactly. Yes. Just in case. Exactly it. And they always complain about the smell in the car. I know. I'm like it's you. It's you, you are yes, the smell exactly. in the car. You can smell like this until uh, you actually, get in. Actually 
to that end, I had not yeah. taken the car in to get a car wash in many months. Oh, I mean, this no. thing, yeah, good. it looked like it. And, and you, yeah. you would at least see it. You might not have. You might have thought it was some vagabond's car as you yeah, were on your yeah. way to your sweet German ride. But yeah. <laughs> um, I finally decided, based on the weather, and folks ought to know, fifty degrees today is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. And we kind of we don't ever dip below forty this week, according to the liars yeah. and the weather. And then if you believe them, next weekend's going to be all sun all day long, Saturday and Sunday, which sounds awesome. Oh, it does. Perfect time to get to the stock show, but you've missed it. Um, but I decided, what the hell, I'm going to do this car wash. I had to drop Graham off at some baseball winter practice that yeah. they're doing. And um, some of these kids, this is just a complete aside. Yeah, yeah. These kids are 13, 14, <clears throat> most of them 14, eighth graders. Some of these dudes are hitting mid-70s in their pitches already. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Graham's got a little ways to go to get there, but still, he's throwing so much harder than he was just a year ago. And I'm like, yeah. what is happening with these boys? The college, uh, college, the high school team, uh, Chaparral, they uh, they were practicing in one of the tunnels when I came to pick up Graham oh, later. Nice. Yeah. These dudes, I, I don't know what happens between 14 and 16 or 17, but. These guys are beasts, man. Oh, yeah. I'm I'd... watching these guys throw. Th these guys are hitting in the 90s. And I'm like, what? In high school? Yeah. Like that? Oh, I, the I old remember. Days, that's MLB range. Oh, yeah. I remember that crest of, you know, that, that late 17, 18, 19, 20, that growth spurt. And I remember playing soccer and going, oh, so this is how they do it. All of a sudden, all the awkwardness through adolescence um, started to metastasize and go away and be dealt with and and the you know my, my body began to fill in um physically and all of a sudden now now i can bend the ball the way that i wanted to now the ball does this now i can do this with things now i have the physical presence to do this when i'm playing defense it was a light bulb over my head i went because now all the things i had been trying to make the ball and with trapping and control all those things i've been working on for so many years they slowly started falling into place, and that changed everything on the field. It, it was a remarkable time. It was, it, it's, it's almost like that, that uh, part in um, Wizard of Oz where they're coming out of the poppies and like, we're out of the woods, we're out of the dark. It's kind of like that. All of a sudden, everything is like <laughs> yeah. bright and I, sunny, and yeah. Like, whereas wow. I'm still waiting for the other ball to drop. Proverbially, <laughs> I'm just sort of waiting yeah. for that, that moment. When does when yeah. does puberty kick in for yeah. Big Dad? Somehow I skipped it. I went yeah, right from prepubescence yeah. to old guy. I don't oh, know. That's not good. <laughs> just skipped right over it. <laughs> um, oh. The other thing I've noticed along those lines is, yeah. if I use the term shrinkage, I don't mean it in the Costanza way. <laughs> no. I mean, and my dad, God bless him, who listens to the show in podcast usually. Yeah. Yeah. My dad and dad, I love you. You know this is true. Um, my dad was five ten yeah. my whole life. And oh yeah, I'm five yeah, yeah. ten. My whole, I tower over my dad now. There is something going on wow. where you start to contract, and yes. tower is probably too strong. But there's something happening now where gravity is like the cumulative nature of gravity has taken over, and dad's not five ten anymore. And I know I'm not getting any taller. That's not happening because yeah. I see a lot of these ridiculous kids oh, yeah. in Graham's range. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff is taller than I am. Uh, it's hugely offensive to have to hug him, and he has to lean down a little bit, you know, so I can get my head up over his shoulder. I don't – it doesn't make me feel good about me. 
Um, but that that's going on as well. Um, the, this weekend, by the way, was there was a lot of baseball. We did this. I'm telling you, this D-Bats thing is kind of taken over part of our, our every day. And it's close, but not close enough that I can just send Graham out to walk to it, which oh, is a problem. Said, oh, you said bats, not bags. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, D-Bags was, was also in the news this <laughs> yeah, weekend, but yeah, differently. Yeah. I don't take Graham to any of that. But the D-Bats thing, so we spent a lot of time swinging the bat and okay. all that stuff. And I, I'm still trying to figure I – mean, I ha- I've made runs to – I can't figure out shopping anymore. I made runs to Ikea, um, hey, right. Sam's. Yeah. King Supers, Michaels. I mean, things like I don't I don't know what I'm doing with myself anymore. It's interesting I feel that you like say, I've slipped that age. It's interesting that you say IKEA because um again, I I'm a okay, I will admit it publicly. I'm a weird person. Um I spent some wait, time Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent some time this weekend watching video and some stories about the first IKEA opening up in Japan. And what that was going on. Like. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah. That is, you yeah. keep complaining about not having any free time. I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, I, I saw the story and went, hmm? and because I was so curious, I'm like, what do you mean there's no IKEA in Japan? How can this possibly be the first with everything else that country does and with everything IKEA does and, and, and the, you know, the self putting together of the stuff with the really weird tools. And how come these people haven't met each other? This is like, this is almost like the perfect blind date. It's like, how come you don't know Susie? I, you don't know Jim. You guys are perfect for each other. IKEA is perfect for Japan, everything about the store. And I was shocked. So I watched uh, the opening of the first one. I mean, miles and miles of people waiting in line. The line at one point was over 90 minutes just to get into the in the uh, into the into the store. And the store is massive. It is much bigger than ours. And of course, the fun part about it is, as soon as the video uh, coverage switched to inside the store, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's IKEA. It looks exactly like ours. I mean, exactly. It, it, it is set up the exact same way." I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan of the IKEA thing. Oh, the history part, I don't get how you can watch that. But yeah. <laughs> every time I'm in there, I think this is part of a growing trend to convince Americans that you can have an entire house full of things inside a walk-in closet. Like yes. you can live your whole life <laughs> in 25 yes. square feet or something exactly. like that. Because yeah, uh, yeah. is this a push? Is it, This is part of the conspiracy. This is Soros trying to get us <laughs> to collapse our lives so that you and me and yeah. Kelly and, and Mark, we all live inside Denver in a postage stamp-sized apartment that houses 3,000 people or oh, something exactly. like that. That's, that's exactly it. I think that's exactly what Ikea is doing. And, and it was great to watch the Japanese. The fun thing is, is they were circling through the maze that is Ikea. They are very orderly, staying in the middle, going in line. And then you'd split off off the line, and you'd wander oh over God. here. And what you do is you'd wander around to what you want, and then you'd just kind of merge back into the line. Absorb and the line back continue. in. Yeah, it was the most weird thing to watch. They were they were so orderly. It was it was great, and they were super excited about it. But it was it was just really interesting to see them um, go through that type of a, that type of experience. It's uh, yeah. I look, I like being there for a while. Yeah. I like going there for a while. I like the fact that at the end of the day, when and I bought something, this is a week or two ago for yeah. uh, for Jeff's room, kind of a little entertainment center thing that costs way more than it should have. I didn't really expect yeah. that. But <laughs> then when I look online, it's competitive with everything yeah. else. Okay. And I realized that hollowed out press board can't be all that awesome. And yet apparently yeah. it's not free. Yeah, evidently but not. Yeah. Amanda had said, look, I want to hang posters in the kids' room. So we have all these posters we've accumulated. They like them. There's something about either the paper, the tape, 
or the paint itself that is resistant to staying adhered to. So yes, yes, I yes. walk in all the time and a poster is half off the wall yes, exactly. or all on the floor. Yeah. So uh, Amanda had said, hey, we have the you can get these poster frames. Yep, exactly. Those are good. And they're super cheap yeah. at Ikea. They're like five bucks or something. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, they are? So I drive out to Ikea and I go yeah. and I think, hey, I'm going to go buy for five bucks, man. Oh, I'll yeah. buy a bunch of these things. We'll get them all squared away. They'll look awesome. There's no $5 frames there. There's cool frames there, but yeah. they're like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. I'm like, wait, I'm not spending uh, more on the frame than yeah. I did on the poster. That doesn't make any sense to I'll, me. I'll have to search because we have several inexpensive of those. Just And they're, they're just like plastic edging. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, cool with that. Edging. As long it as it hangs, yeah. you it's know. Just, it, it's edging so the corners don't curve or anything else. I'll yes. take a look because we have a bunch of those that because the kids are covered. They're and cheap. Covered and oh, yeah. Cheap's, yeah. cheap's a priority because the kids have a tendency yeah, to break Yeah, I... Yeah, I'll find this for you. So I went, <laughs> I told Jeff, hey, I'm going to do this. I told him I'd watched a video on how do you keep these damn things up on the oh, wall, the posters yeah, and yeah. stuff. And one of the things I had seen was some, she could have been Japanese or Korean lady who had said, look, first off, take some packing tape and put them up in the, on the reverse side on the corners of oh, yeah. the poster. Yeah, that so, helps. That, so I tell Jeff this story. Clearly in the description, I left something out because when I come back, he has used the packing tape to, to tape right over the corners into the paint all over oh the other God, stuff. So there's packing tape all across the top of these posters. And I just walk in and I go, wait. That's... And then I'm like, okay, I'm glad you got them up. And yeah. I'm just, you know yeah, what, I'm like, super happy yeah, that you, they're up. You almost look at them and go, so that's the picture that you drew in your mind. That wasn't yeah, like was I didn't mind. do a good, I'm a word <laughs> guy. Yeah. Like my business is talky talk yeah. and I don't do it very goody good. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, how did you get this out of there? I'm <laughs> an advocate and apparently I can't paint a picture of yes. how to put tape on a poster. <laughs> this is difficult. Like well, what the hell's wrong with me? The other one, when I watched the uh, Ikea video about, you know, the, the thing in Japan, in Japan, the very next video was a callback to a, you choose the news story from maybe four months ago, maybe five months. And what they had done on this news site, and I, I visit them every so often because they're very they're funny. They had decided yeah. to go to this train station where it is the one vending machine in Tokyo that sells beef tongue. And we had that on You Choose the News, that they were having a beef tongue vending I've machine. I've never had it, but I just no. shuddered. I know, me too. And that's and I saw that video and went, I, I okay, I'm in. <laughs> At that point, it's so, like, did you try beef is, tongue? No, no, no. I watched the video. I watched them because they, you know, this what they did is they did the whole taste test thing. They went over and they look at it and they talk about what it is and they go and they put it in. And, and universally, they were like, yeah, no. They're like, it's no. They're like, they're, they're the people that were doing the taste test, and they're Japanese, are not big fans of beef tongue in and of itself, but they were like, uh, no, okay. this is not. Yeah, yeah. That says something. Yeah. That says something right there. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting. I was like, hey, you choose the news. I'm like, as soon as I saw the next video, I'm like, okay, I'm in. After that, I, yeah. I did Somehow, and I'm sorry that this is the segue, uh, oh, yeah, keeping on the Japanese theme, yeah. I went and saw with Jeff on Friday, yeah. I went and saw a movie called Godzilla Minus One. Oh, I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. I've heard. Yeah. I, it, it's subtitled, though. So, you know, when Dad fell asleep for five <laughs> to 20 minutes, you really yeah. do lose out on the, on the whole thing. you got to get caught up. And oh, Jeff, great. the whole time, is elbowing me. Two things, apparently. Yeah. Dad snores at the theater. <laughs> and two, he's like, Dad, Dad, you're missing this great scene. And so uh, I'm watching this thing. Yeah. And then afterwards... I can't remember all the names of the people. Yeah. Like the he, and Jeff's very defensive of the film. He yeah. really loved it. Trey loved it. You know what I mean? They just thought it was right. so okay. good. And yeah. it's 
it's like a World War II how Godzilla got to be Godzilla sort oh, of a thing. Cool, cool, you know, yeah. it's it's pretty yeah. good. It, it's well made. I couldn't remember the name of one of the women in the movie, yeah. and it was something or other. Yeah. And I, so I said, you remember the one lady, uh, sushi roll, or yeah. whatever she <laughs> yeah. was. He freaked. He freaked. He's like, Dad, Dad, you can't say that. That's racist. I'm like, no, it's not. that's not racist. I mean, oh. and he's like, Dad, you can't call her sushi roll. I'm like, well, I can't. It's not. I don't mean it to be denigrating. I can't remember. And I thought it was clever. And he loses. I'm like, and then I realized... It's it's a different education system than when I went through yeah. it because sushi roll would have been met with laughter, maybe a couple hugs. Yeah. Now my son is just like, you can't say that. You can't call someone sushi roll. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not calling her sushi roll. Yeah. I'm nor, saying that's what yeah, their nor, name sounded yeah, like. Nor am I nor am I denigrating the person. Nor am I using it and saying that's what we need to call them all the time. Nor yes, am I using that's it right. I, it, Her name yeah. sounded remarkably like uh, su- yeah. something or other. Yeah. And yeah. so then it became this whole thing where, you yeah. know, now dad's fuse is lit. So now dad's coming up with all sorts oh, of things. Yeah. Like now I'm saying Godzilla. And he's like, dad, <laughs> dad, you can't say that. Oh. I'm like, I, and it's not me that's saying yeah. it. That's how they pronounce it. This, it's not me. And he's like, dad, dad. This, <laughs> this, this reminds me of the not single but multi-day argument uh, we had in the Thorpe household um, when I accidentally, I didn't know it was going to cause this much, um, played some old Cheech and Chong bits. That that oh. that, that, that did not go. Yeah. That, no, no, they didn't. Oh. They they did not see the humor uh, underlying in the entire presentation. They 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 targeted some specific words and language, and yeah, that that that's a couple of days I'm never getting back. And that I just uh, it it, it Listen, made me. I, like, there's like some. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse because the yeah. kids are so hypersensitive about that stuff, yeah. and there's good to it too. Or I, I mean. I don't worry at all about them ever being racist or having yeah, racist no. tendencies, yeah. but they've killed off humor. And so there was something that I had been trying to tell Graham, and I showed him on YouTube. Yeah. And it was, and, it, and folks, if you're out there, if you Google Bobby Slayton, he used to do stuff on HBO in the 80s. Oh, Pitbull Comedy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's him. So he, he was yeah. talking about, he was talking about, he's a Jewish guy. He was talking about going with his Jewish relatives to a, a Chinese um, restaurant and you know the the stuff he's saying I remember back when I was a kid laughing out loud so I go oh hey I remember this thing I look it up it's on there even Graham thinks it's a little bit funny I then the other night we're all playing games sitting around the table playing um, Uno or something I don't know yeah and uh, and I said oh, oh oh and Graham goes hey dad dad pl- play for Amanda and Jeff this thing oh, and I'm playing it yeah. and nothing man oh. and finally I stop it and Amanda's like, yeah, thank you for stopping that. That was really horrible. I'm like, what happened? How can there be such a huge yeah. gap between us? Like, it wasn't out of its way to be like, it, it's, it, we're so freaking sensitive. We've gone way past, hey, this is better to, you You can't even joke about some things that you just take for granted. Like, if people were to joke about, you know, guys or something like that i would not take offense and maybe that's because i don't have the history of the whole thing but billy i came away feeling like man there's a huge gap between me and the kids when it comes to what's funny oh yeah there is and and the other part for me is i think we have lost one realm of comedy um in part because i don't think that we've had a mainstream person that is really good or been accepted doing this and i think where we are culturally I'm not certain that a good comic that does this particular shtick well 
would succeed right now. And that shtick is the insult comment comic. That that is a lost art. The oh, Don yeah. Rickles. Don Rickles was an amazing insult comic. Uh, and for my money, the last great one is Lisa Lampanelli. She is when she and again she's she's walked away from that now. She does not do insult comic work anymore. But she was at the core. That's the idea. When you show up, she is going to be offensive. That was the whole purpose of what her thing was. And the issue being that she was going to make fun of the insults and the prejudice and the racism and all of that by making fun of it, by using it in these ways. That's what she was doing. And we've lost that. We've lost the ability. Um, When that, that whole Cheech and Chong argument with my kids, one of the times I brought up, I'm like, don't make me go play Andrew Dice Clay for you. Like, don't don't oh make me pull that out because that, that he's an insult comic at his core, <laughs> oh very much. God. Yeah, so that's yeah. the idea. Is we've lost that that idea of someone that is going to get in there. And what I appreciated, if you go back and you listen to Lisa Lampanelli uh, and Don Rickles too, but but Lisa's the one that I put a pin in because she is more she's she's newer because her language hits a little bit differently because with Don Rickles like oh that's funny that was this many years ago she's much more contemporary. And her purpose of doing this was to make you uncomfortable. And I find that fascinating, and I like that as far as comedy. That, that's one of the purposes in part of science fiction. Science fiction is there in part to make you uncomfortable. If it's not, it is not really good science fiction. That's kind of the purpose behind it. So there's some things in there that, that I, I think we've lost. But I, I wish we had someone that was a really good mainstream insult comic but i don't think we can have that anymore because like the reaction from your children they hear it and it can't be funny not that the joke isn't funny but because of the words used it can't be and and it stops there and, and that's a problem but eh, i don't need to be in charge it, yeah I don't it, think no no I, yeah well it's just it's it's different and yeah. and like i said i think that there's a a lot of good that has come out yeah. of sort of some of the social changes that we've made a lot of good. Of course, if you listen to the people at the ACLU or on the far left, racism has never been worse. And I'm telling you, that's just provably false. It's not yeah. that it's at zero, but it's just nothing like it was back in the 60s. Yeah. And I'm just saying there's a generation of kids out there who have lost the ability to laugh at some things, but for decent enough reasons, which is, you know, they just don't. They don't want to do anything to laugh at someone based off of some perceived immutable characteristic. And I'm okay with that, I guess. I just, at the time that I said it, in no way was I trying to be offensive. I just thought I was being a little bit clever. And Jeff instantly had the woke radar up. And I was like, Jeff, I mean, buddy. Yeah. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, during that, during that whole Cheech and Chong thing, uh, one of the kids came to me and said, promise me that you'll never say something like that outside of this house i'm like i looked at them and i went you don't know me very well <laughs> because You're like, you know daddy's yeah. on the radio <laughs> exactly the because if, if the right situation and that phraseology works perfectly <laughs> i got no problem with that one i got no problem with that yeah. and cheech and chong by the way they're doing their own thing yes. pushing their own marijuana stuff yeah capitalizing on that same stuff so yep. I mean, and, just... okay and this is what it was okay and this is this is the what the conversation was this is where it came it was a piece and again these are two hispanic comics doing it and it was their reference to calling each other and other hispanics beaners that was the issue yeah that was the comic. Yeah, well, that was th- the bit. this go- yeah, this is exactly a much bigger it. topic because oh, yeah. 
as you know, there are certain words that folks call each other that it's perfectly appropriate when yeah. they do it. But then somehow, if you're not part of that group, you should be canceled. Yeah. Although there is part of it where I can get to that. I can see that because there are certain. Oh, the, you yeah. know which word I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. And that is yeah. The, oh, yeah. There are. There are some. But there, that's yeah. But crazy there, offensive. There are some. But there are some that, you know, like with my social group growing up, there were things that we could call each other. That if somebody else outside of that group would say that, those are fighting words. And all of us are lining up and we are knocking out some teeth immediately. But we could say those things to each other because, and again, part of it was the intentionality. And that's one of the things that, um, oh, do, do I really want to open this Pandora's box right now? Um, there, that's, I have some weird rules on language inside of our home. Things that can't be transferred, and I wouldn't recommend transferring all the time to other families because your situation is going to be different than ours. But I give my kids some license with some of the language they use, but it has to do with unintentionality and the purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. The example being, I am somewhat lackadaisical uh, with their use of curse words. However, the curse word cannot be used as a prejudicial comment. The, the curse word has to be used as an expression. It has to be used uh, almost a, not necessarily an adjective or ad- adverb all the time, but it has to be the idea of, you know, I am so curse word tired of this class or this homework. But don't turn to me and say, Dad, you're a curse word moron. Different. Curse word moron phrase, you're in trouble. Your ass is mine. Oh, I get it. The other one, oh, makes I'm okay with. But but I did I, I will have to say it is not perfect it is inaccurate and, and eloquent um, and there are times in which I have had to put the guardrails back on it's not that you can say the curse words anytime you want is all you want um, because one of my children it started to fall into their vernacular where it was an, a regular adjective and an adverb and it seemed to just occur because they could say it not because there was an intentionality behind it. So we had to sit down and have a conversation and say, no, 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 it is not okay to say the word just to say the word. It's okay to say the word in these instances, but it's also not okay I got to get away from it. And I want to try to get away from it. It has seeped into... It's not like it's every other word. It's not like some folks that but we know, but but it slips out at moments of just... weakness and a lack of discipline on my part and I, I i need to rein it in and it oh. makes me think of a guy named ben franklin yeah. who in his uh, autobiography described how he would try to break himself of bad habits and one of them was the use of profanity ben franklin did it yeah. a bunch so he kept a little journal with him and he would document each day how many times he did it as it happened and in doing that and it this this goes back to the old don rumsfeld what you measure you can correct, you know what I mean? Like you can fix. And so um, he would do that, and that's how he whittled it down until I'm sure he probably stopped giving a – no, I almost I'm went a, Stephen Tubbs with the button there. But anyway, so I, th- I feel like i got to do something like that no, or, or see, a, a curse jar or something no, see, in the see, middle of the me, house or something. For me, it's if I had a list, every day it's trying to beat the high score. I can do better. You know, I was 27 yesterday, and I get 35 the opposite of Ben Franklin. It would be the opposite. It would be like, I can break that one. And, and the problem for me is, and, and I understand, and I, I struggle sometimes with those words that come out of my mouth, but some of them are so universally wonderful. And, and the example that I will give, and I'm not going to use the curse word, but the idea of the word, and many curse words function this way, the idea of the word dude. You know, like it can be a greeting, dude. It can be a question, dude. 
It can it can be like a, like you can almost like you know dress someone down, dude. You can also say, "Is that yeah. you hiding in the closet with an, a machete and you're going to kill me, dude?" I mean, there, there's so many different yeah. ways you can do it. Same thing with some of those curse words. So that's why I don't want to constrain myself. And to be honest, between you and me, j- just you and me, there's nobody else listening right now. Sometimes saying those particular words, yeah, yeah, feel better than the other words. It just it, it, it scratches an itch emotionally that that just. It, it, they need to be said sometimes. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, just, yeah, I yeah, I feel like it's a stub the toe moment though, where yeah. it's it's yeah. happening to release some sort of tension or anger or oh, pain, absolutely. but it just it's a representation for me, just me, as yeah. a, just a lack of discipline on my part. Um, yeah. There was an there was a That's scene like in MO, the though. wire, lack of in the wire, like that thing. classic Baltimore cop show, where Dominic West and I can't remember the other guy's name, his partner. Uh, we're going, trying to go back through an old crime scene and find how it happened and fi- find this bullet. And I'm telling you, for five minutes, the only word spoken was the F word. And it was exactly <laughs> what you said, based exactly. on intonation, placement. Yes. It was all the eight million different yes. variations of how this word could be used. It was so incredibly creative. Yeah. But, of course, it could never be played on, on probably oh. commercial TV. Yeah, but that is great. And, and I love that. And I would have loved to be one of the writers in that as far as an exercise it's like come on we can do this can, can we do this entire scene and only use this curse word can can we convey all the information on, on paper, that we though, need? it would look incredibly boring oh yeah absolutely you know what i mean it would yeah. just... <laughs> but how much of a fun challenge would that be as an actor actress thank too? you for saying fun yeah oh fun so um, fun. listen uh, before we uh, get too yeah, crazy yeah. here i do want to do this a uh, little bit of history stuff here on Ooh. this day in 1905 Bloody Sunday. No, I don't think it's the U2 one as much, but it's uh, uh, out the March to Winter Palace by a large demonstration of Russian workers um, with a petition to the czar. Of course, the troops fired on the protesters because that's what you did back in the day. And uh, that was sort of the kickoff to a lot of what went on. (laughs) That's it. And then on this day in uh, 1973, and we're talking 51 years ago, uh, Roe versus Wade came out, and there was a bunch of stuff I remember on Friday that the lefties under the Gold Dome came out. And we have come so far with the abortion conversation where instead of it being something that I think for Colorado it did, yeah. where it was a thing to be limited as much as possible or the idea of a necessary evil or the idea of some limited exercise. It has now become something where these people are up there celebrating it like it was the discovery of printed word or something like that. And but it, and we could probably do a whole segment or show on that. Maybe we will later in the day. But it was uh, I don't know, man. We have come a, a long, long way. There is a huge gap between the idea that over a certain period of time. And this used to be the conversation, like the first trimester or the whatever. That used to be the conversations, cases of rip it. We're now, as a state, about to codify in our Constitution abortion through age 35 or something like that. Like you can kill any person you like and call it an abortion as long as you're not doing it because they're a convicted mass killer or something like that. Oh, exactly. Uh, That's also in the history. And then a buddy of ours, uh, Aaron, texted in couple other things sam cook born on this day in history sam cook of course uh, untimely death but 1931 great voice just an iconic voice and uh big ted kaczynski we know him better as the unabomber sentenced to four terms of life prison without parole on this day in 1998 
that is a brush with history for Big Daddy here because the reason he ended up pleading guilty was because the feds caved into him after they generated a insanity report from a woman named Raquel Gurr, who is one of the world's foremost schizophrenia researchers on the planet. The only reason I know that or care is because Raquel Gurr was also the Babe Ruth expert on the Aurora Theater shooting case, and the jury roundly rejected her. She had never had to testify in front of a jury before our case. And I'm hoping, thinking, she's probably never testified in front of a jury again because she was a lead balloon, man. She did not do well. Oh, my God, she was horrible. Wow. Now, I'm always fascinated by the Kaczynski um, story for a different matter. Uh, For me, it's on the front end. It's the chase and finding him. And the the part that I find most fascinating about Ted Kaczynski is they, for years and years and years, they had no idea. They, they were tracking him down. The best minds inside the FBI were trying to track him down. And uh, they didn't know what to do. And finally, in one of the meetings, uh, someone said, you know, some of these writings and stuff, let's, let's release them. Like, no, 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 we can't do that. It would give him some higher profile. It might encourage other yeah, people. Yeah. And they said, no, we need, to, we, we need to, you know, like outsource this. Let's see if anybody else out there recognizes any of the writings. And it is Ted Kaczynski's brother that recognizes his writings, and that's how they find him. And it's only because the FBI decides to release some of the stuff that he had written, some of the stuff that were in the letters and the things that he had sent through the mail. And, and it, I find that really interesting delineation point in just crime investigation that they decided we, we aren't able to, huh. based on what we have, to find anything. Let's see if anybody else out there has been able to, you know, it recognizes this, and that's the only reason. If not, if they had kept it to themselves, chances are he would have gone on for several more years minimum. That's crazy. Yeah. There's a great Netflix series on the Unabomber, and I think it might actually be called Unabomber that talks about the chase and all that other stuff. I haven't seen it in a while, but the yeah. the Unabomber's played by, and he doesn't really have much of a, a role other than physical, uh, Paul, what's his name, who was like, the imaginary buddy of Russell Crowe in A Beautiful oh. Mind. He was also the oh, voice shit. of yeah. um, I can't, Jarvis, I guess, you know, for um, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Jarvis Brain in the Mar- yeah. Paul, what's his name? Yeah. Married to, oh, anyway. Um, that's a great series out there, too. Some texts that have come in, people have, yeah. uh, responding to the, uh, the comedy thing. Triumph, the insult comus, co- yep, comic, Lewis yeah. Black. Acidic tone. Someone else said you should go check out this YouTube channel called Old Jews Telling Jokes. Oh, that would be good. And then someone else asking, do you guys think this woke thing is here to stay? I said, seems like it is, man. It feels like it's generational. Like, my kids all have it. What are they going to teach their kids? I don't know. And here's the thing is, that's a larger conversation. I would love to have that larger conversation because um, I believe that what we talk about and what we use as woke, um, especially on the conservative side of the aisle, is more prejudicial than what the actual um, idea is. And if you would encounter some of the ideas behind what the woke is is in theory telling you, you wouldn't object to them. But because it is branded this way, now it's the worst thing in the world. We have been told that this is an awful thing. But if someone comes to you, and especially some of the practical applications of it, and then again, um, I know there's some disagreements about DEI and the and the ideas behind them, but uh, the, the core tenets behind them, 
that you know maybe maybe uh, and, and if we look at how long the word woke has been used, the other part is is that I also look at is that the only people still using woke are conservatives. On the liberal side of the aisle, there's no more wokeness. In fact, this woke terminology— Maybe because it's become toxic. No, not at all. Um, they weren't using it when the conservatives started to use it. Uh, the woke started—this was seven years, six, seven years ago— is when what? the liberals— si- Yes, when the liberals were using it and, and referring to things being yeah. woke and woke individuals. That was seven years ago. It has not been used on the liberal side of the aisle as a descriptor for several years now. But it is something that the conservative side of the aisle has hung on to and uses this as this great thing that the liberals are trying to enact and everything else. And in all honesty, if you pay attention to what people are doing on the liberal side of the aisle, they're not doing this big enacting the woke policies. That's not a conversation yeah, of theirs well, anymore. I think the policies still exist. We see that already. We see that with the uh, with a bunch of different things going on college campuses. But maybe they've moved away from the word because, oh. you know. They don't describe themselves as liberal either. They had to run away from liberal liberal because it got to be so toxic. They're like, let's come up with a new one. Progressive. Let's yeah. call it progressive. That well, sounds better. It sounds like is, motion. The 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 I would have a little bit of disagreement based on what we're talking about going on on the campuses necessarily being tied into woke. I think there is a different filter and a different thing that has happened on the college campuses that is connected to the woke idea, but separate. And it has to do with how they have decided to interpret um, actions, feelings, um, things like that, expressions. And I think that it, it is connected, tangential to woke, but it isn't at the core woke. What you see as far as these, in, in many ways, in my opinion, stupid policies on college campuses do not apply to the larger world. And, and this would be the major, major example that I have. I feel that on college campuses, they have decided that in some cases— Speech is violence, but in other cases, violence is speech, and that's where I think they've made the mistake. I I don't see that in the genocide talk with the uh, the super smarties out there, the former presidents of uh, Penn and Harvard. They kind of got into that. That's it, and that's the idea. Is and this is and that is a perfect example because they were being asked about speech uh, that violated, obviously violated the honor code at the colleges. That was obvious. And they were asked about it, and they viewed that speech not as necessarily being violent, but um, the idea and that they looked at, but if someone on the other side said something or did something, their actions would be looked at as speech. And, and it's, just, it's really, really difficult. And that was, that was a really good window into that type of a problem that academia has right now. They have to understand that sometimes people are wrong. And I think academia at times has decided that we need to understand everybody and that uh, there is nobody that is, quote, wrong. No, no, no. There are people that are wrong and there are people that are right. Absolutely. And, and you need to plant that flag and you need to point that out. Yeah. But I'm I up. don't know where I'll this is going, course. man, yeah. in terms of the with the schools and stuff. But I can just tell you that these kids are so freaking hypersensitive to, to stuff that like I said, I don't know. There, there's good yeah. to it, too. There's bad. I worry a lot that they're going to get to a place where they disagree so vehemently with the idea of the expression of ideas they find repulsive that they're going to look for government action to intervene to stop those things. And I'm like, no, no, we can't have that. Like, I, At some point, I'm having a conversation with Jeff where I'm like, no, buddy, listen, you get to be racist. 
as wrong and as evil as that is, you get to be that in America. We don't have thought police. We don't want thought police. We don't want to get anywhere near there. Private individuals can make whatever decisions they want, but I'm worried that we're, and they're not there, but we're going to get to a place where it's like, well, the government should outlaw blank. And I'm like, the government can't outlaw racism, right? Yeah. It can it, it can outlaw the manifestations of it. It can make them actionable. But you can't order someone to not think in terms of color or gender and all this other stuff. And, and that's not that's not the America we want anyway. I, that's my concern is we're, we're moving towards yeah. that. The, but the only thing I would know? say is that the, uh, the youth um, have the gift of purity. They are allowed to look at this world in terms of purity, pure good, pure evil, black, white. And as you grow older, as you're at the age, you know, the well-seasoned age that you and I are, we understand <laughs> that it is not like that, that you can't use purity as the test of being and the, uh, you know, of, of all no. things. It can't but, be. And that's the thing. But the kids are allowed to do that. The, the, that's, that is the gift of youth. You are allowed to view the, the, the world the, like that. But the fun for dad is no matter where we're at, what we're doing, if they say anything that I can call racist, I will. So they'll be like, oh, Dad, do you see the, the new license plates yeah. there? They have the black yeah. ones? And I'm like, racist. Yeah. No. Racist, they're not black. Why? You can't yeah. call them black when they're like, Dad, that's not racist. Why, I'm like, why would I, you I don't like, know. You said the yeah. black thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why would only that one group of people be allowed to have that license plate? <laughs> right. That seems, that Make seems it awfully that black seems very and racist. Bad. You can't say bad. that black. You can't yeah. say black. You have to come up with a different color. Yeah, you can't exactly. say that. Uh, listen, we could probably do this all segment. I should just acknowledge, folks, that we both are very aware that there was some seismic movement in the Republican nomination process uh, yesterday. Uh, We'll talk about that, I promise you, with you, starting in the 7 o'clock hour. But we've got to cut away for a break so we can come back and get made smarter on all the local good news. That's called the Thorpe Report. It is sponsored. It has a sponsor. And then we get to the part that the FCC prohibits us from having sponsored because it is – it's not misinformation – But it's not great information. It's just fun information. (laughs) So stick around. It's going to be the Thorpe Report, followed by You Choose the News. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. It's time for the local news with the big man, Billy Thorpe. Hey, thank you, sir. Yes, and the Thorpe Report is proudly sponsored by Lair Fireplace and Patio. I may have added proudly. I don't know how they feel about it, but uh, they are spending money. I do want to let you know right now, they have a deal going on uh, with Lynx and Sedona products. Uh, You spend a certain amount of money, they're going to give you 10% back plus cash back. So if there's some problems in your kitchen, you got some appliances that aren't uh, really pulling their weight, uh, this is the time that you go in and you get some money, you save 10% on it, and you get money back in the pocket. It's the right time to make the choice if you can. So Lair Fireplace and Patio take care of you. Just don't tell them that I sent you or they're going to charge you more. Um, Alrighty, sir. A weak system is going to slide across our state today, keeping our cloudy skies around. Light snow is going to continue in the high country. We do have some weak disturbances. I call them children. No, um, they're other just weather stuff. They're going to continue to move throughout our area throughout the uh, the week. We're going to have a stronger storm system moving into our region on Friday, bringing a slight chance for snow showers into the metro area, but eh, it's only slight. Uh, We're going to be in the uh, mid-40s to low-50s for the week and very sunny for the weekend. Yep. Police in Aurora are investigating a fatal vehicle pedestrian crash on East Montview Boulevard. It happened on Saturday evening. Male pedestrian struck by a driver uh, hit him on East Montview Boulevard. Man was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Driver of the vehicle luckily stayed on the scene and is cooperating with investigators. I want to say that because shout out, that's not always what happens. 
Uh, for the past several days, many residents in the Indian Hills community in Jefferson County have been without water. The water district says it tra- started with a leak and they still haven't found it yet. Contractors are digging underneath the snow to reach water pipes impacted by the leak, but they haven't found the direct leak yet. Thus, no <laughs> water. And people that live at the Richfield Apartments in Aurora have been fighting to stay warm since October. A boiler oh issue has cut off heat to several buildings. And oh this has been goodness. going on for months, still not fixed. But they're still being asked to pay their rent. Odd how that happens. <laughs> of uh, course. I know. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. A uh, 26-year-old man from Ohio died Friday in a snowmobile rollover crash near Steamboat Springs. That's horrible. Arapahoe County is spending millions of dollars from a settlement with drug companies to help with the effects of opioid crisis. Uh, $26 billion settlement. Arapahoe County is going to get about $2.3 million to uh, tackle it. And we talked about this off air, but not on air. Larry Zimmer has passed away at the age of oh, 88. Iconic uh, Broncos and CU Buffs. Uh, voice and, and a really really nice guy worked with zim for a number of years he he was an amazing guy oh yeah i knew him very well if yeah. you if you got any of that sound maybe in the seven we can play yeah, a little yeah, bit of that to begin because yeah. that guy was legendary he was fantastic and again nicest most genuine most caring giving person wow. i mean just unbelievable for a guy that wow. did it for that long to have such just a lack of ego uh, he was incredible. He there was a time in which I did I did a sports report, and he came over. He put his arm around him. He goes, "Kid, he goes, you sound good." He goes, "But look at doing it this way and this way, and this thing isn't as important." I go, "Thank you." He goes, "Not a problem." He goes, "People did it for me when I was a kid." I was like, "That was so nice." He didn't have to do that, but it was just yeah. really nice out of the blue. So that's Crazy. all I got, man. Back to you, buddy. We're gonna break away for a quick break. Come back for you. Choose the news. George Brockler, seven ten KNUS. Buckle up, folks. We have very little time to do the best part of the show. It's called You Choose the News. William. Uh, yes, sir. It is that a time of the morning where we play everybody's favorite fake radio news game show. You Choose the News. We have scoured the interwebs for, well, honestly, the entire weekend to find really, really dumb stories about us humans, giving them stupid headlines to play this fake radio news game. Here's how it goes. All righty, sir. Headline number one. Turns out you are the problem. Headline number two. Now you will pay us to spy on you. Headline number three, police take away fun. Headline number four, happy little accident. Your choice, sir. Turns out you are the problem. Turns out you are the problem, according to a brand new research titled Online Searches to Evaluate Misinformation can increase their perceived veracity. The idea being that when we do our own online research, uh, we're wrong. Uh, We are so bad at the subjects we are searching that we don't understand what is true and what isn't. And oftentimes we end up actually researching the wrong stuff. Most of the time because it makes us feel good. We have decided what we feel about the subject beforehand. And this research that comes to us from Central Florida University, New York University, and Stanford concludes that uh, we just go online and do our own research to confirm what we already believe and we're bad at it. The problem being that the more times we search and find the wrong answer, that pushes it up in the algorithm, meaning that more people are going to find the wrong answer. So, in fact, it is a stupidity cascade. Congratulations, oh, people. Fantastic. Yeah, it's your fault. Um, all Love right. <laughs> now, uh, now, we will pay, now you'll pay us to spy on you. Police take away fun or happy little accident. Police and fun don't match. Yes, police take away fun. A Latrobe Valley man, John Booth, is accused of having more than $600,000 worth of chemicals to make illegal drugs in his residencies. So while he is arrested, police are seizing some of the ill-gotten gains, and that includes his Lego collection. Yes, the police are taking all of his Legos. No more fun for John. What? Yeah. He, Why? Well, yeah, he, well, he, they, they say that the Legos were bought with the illicit gains from the illegal drugs. 
So no. they they deserve all of the Legos themselves, and they promise Drug they're Legos. Gonna, yeah, they're gonna just put them together on their own. Different time. kinds of bricks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Final choice this morning. Now you will pay us to spy on you, or happy little accident. Happy little accident. It is a happy little accident in Adelaide, uh, Australia. What happened was they were filming a road safety advertisement. Uh, when something went wrong, and when they crashed the two cars together, uh, one of the cars went a little crazy, careened up over the sidewalk, missed a bus stop, and went straight into a wall, uh, making it a much better shoot. <laughs> However, I do find it ir- ironic that during the road safety accident, it wasn't so safe. <laughs> so, But, again, on the other side of it, it's a happy accident because now they have a really, really good crash uh, for the video. So that's a positive. Oh so we will take this entire thing as a positive. I just love the fact that when they set up the fake crash, they didn't get it right, and they made it worse. So, again, nice job, guys. All right, that is it. That's all we got. No time to do the sponsor, but they don't pay us anyway. So back to you, sir. All yours, and you've got Buddy, thank 15. you for that. We are. How much time we got, buddy? Ten seconds. Hey, and then there were two. Let's talk about it when we come back. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.